We ask in this time together that you would lead us to that incredible experience when Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, would lay down everything for each one of us. Lead us to that place where we can see again and know the incredible love you have for us and the call that you've put on our lives. Lead us this day into the truth of your word, into the experience of your spirit, into the understanding how to submit all things to you and live under the cross and the lordship of your love. Father, lead us this morning to our knees that we might surrender all and be lifted up to live that incredible life to your glory. We ask it through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you go ahead and have a seat this morning? And uh, Call by Name takes a seat. Remember, a kids' camp's underway, so if you've got uh, young people and you want to take them on into kids' camp, uh, go ahead and do that. Otherwise, if you've got your Bibles, now's the time to uh, find First Peter. We've been uh, in a series over these weeks uh, where we've been kind of walking through First uh, Peter under the title of uh, Dealing with Difficult Days and trying to let... Uh, First Peter speak uh, to us as he was speaking to those early Christians who were undergoing persecution and struggle precisely because uh, they had surrendered their life to Christ. Uh, And uh, so we were letting him try to speak to us as well. And so uh, over these weeks, we've acknowledged that, uh, hey, we all have difficult times. And and, uh, what do we do? What do we do? And we started out talking about our attitude, if you remember, uh, that we need to get that attitude that says, hey, we're chosen, right? Uh, And then we need to put that into action We need to step into the problem. Go ahead, step forward, trust God more, right? Uh, And then we got to that part about being submissive, that we need to just surrender uh, everything uh, to him, and even even the difficult days, right? So we got to be submissive. And then last week we did, uh, you just got to step out and do good, remember? So everybody on board so far? Now today we're going to wrap it up. We're going to finish. And if you're already at 1 Peter, and you should go to 1 Peter 4, uh, that's where we're going to finish up. You're, you should have already uh, noticed something if you're there. You know, you're going to get to First Peter 4, and you're going to say, well, 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 wait a minute. There's a chapter 5. And, Pastor, you're finishing up today, and you're talking about doing First Peter what, what, 4. What's the deal? Yeah, that's the deal. We're going to wrap up First Peter and only go to 4. Uh, chapter 5 in First Peter is his kind of farewell uh, chapter, and there's some awesome stuff in there, some great stuff, but... Uh, it's not stuff we're going to deal with about difficult days. We're just going to wrap it up right here at, uh, at uh, chapter 4. Uh, because next Sunday, of course, is Palm Sunday, right? Am I right? I mean, I've been away for a week. i got to get my head back. But I think it's still there, right? So uh, we're going to move into a series next week uh, for, uh, for Easter uh, called uh, Capture the Meaning of Easter. You saw the banner maybe out there, Capture the Meaning of Easter. So we're just going to get through uh, four chapters of Peter and let you finish up the fifth chapter on your own, that final salutation. So, so we're ready to go. We're jumping into uh, 1 Peter 4. And uh, the big theme for the day and in, in, uh, what uh, Peter wants to get into our minds, into our hearts today, is, is simply wrapped up in be ready. Just be ready. And we can go right into the text, and you can uh, start at the first uh, verse there. And I highlighted some stuff for you to make it easy. He said, Christ suffered here on earth. Now you must what? Be ready. It's right there. It's big, bold letters. Be ready, right? Be ready to suffer as he did. So he gives us a word right away that just says, look, you've got to get your head on. You've you got to just understand this, right? If you're going to do what we've talked about all the way up until this final chapter here, 
in chapter 4, if you're going to do all this stuff and get the attitude and the action and be submissive to the Lordship of Christ and get busy doing good, you've got to understand you're going to have suffering come in your life. you just got to be ready for it. you just got to expect it. You've got to understand it's, it's part of the package deal of what it means to live under the Lordship of Christ. Why? Well, he says, because suffering shows that you've stopped sinning. It means you've turned from your own desires and want to obey God for the rest of your life. See, Peter wants you to understand that when you give in to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and you get your life moving in a new direction, you have to expect and understand suffering is going to come from it. Why? Because not everybody else is moving in the same direction. Right? Not everybody else is moving in that direction, right? In fact, most of the world is moving in the opposite direction. When you submit to the Lordship of Christ and you get your life on that narrow path, Jesus talks about that, the wide path that leads to destruction and the narrow path that leads to life, right? When you get on that narrow path and you're moving on that narrow path that leads to life, you have to understand if everybody else is moving on the wide path, hey, guess what? It's going to be difficult. There's going to be challenges, right? You've been in that hallway. You remember high school? If you were in a crowded high school, right? And, uh, you know, the bell rings and everybody pours out into the hallway. And, uh, you know, uh, most of the students are going to their next class that's that way down the hall. And you're going to your next class that's that way down the hall. What happens? They're all going that way. And you're going that way. And so you've got you, you know, to you weave yourself. And then it's, you know, the bump and the bruise. and the, Isn't that the way it works? Well, most of the crowd's going that way, the other way. And you're going the narrow way. You have to expect you're going to get bumped, you're going to get bruised, you're going to get knocked, you're going to take some hits. Why? Hey, you're not going the way of the world. You've made that, that incredible awareness in your life that life rests in the narrow path that follows Christ. And when you follow Christ, you follow all the way, all the time, and you don't go with the crowd. Young people, are you listening to me today? Make sure you listen to 1 Peter 4. Young people, make sure you listen to 1 Peter 4. He is encouraging you today to understand that you have the call on your life when you give in to Jesus Christ in his grace to rise above everybody else going the wrong way. And you don't go that way. You go the other way no matter the cost. You stay faithful. He explains it this way. He says, you've already lived long enough like people who don't know God you were immoral and followed evil desires. You, you went around drinking and partying and carrying on. In fact, you even worshiped disgusting idols. Now your former friends wonder why you've stopped running around with them, and they curse you for it. What do you expect? If you start going in a different direction, the way of life, and they're still living in the wide path of destruction, they're going to look at you and say, what's up? You used to do this, now you're not doing this. What's, what's wrong with you? I mean, you used to be one of us. You used to do all the stuff we're doing, and now all of a sudden you're not doing that. What, you think you're better? You, what, you judgmental? Right? Isn't that it? You're going to start taking hits. Why? Because your life just elevated, and they're still living down here. They're still living down here, and you're living above it all. And they don't like it, and they're going to throw stones at you because of it. You, did you notice how he described it in here? You went around drinking and partying and carrying on. I just went uh, yesterday, I had a wonderful time yesterday at the, uh, at the Cubs game, uh, excuse me, Brewers game, sorry about that, at yeah, Brewers game, 
Uh, yeah, the Brewers won yesterday. Um, anyway, pain and suffering. Um, so, uh, but guess what was happening at the Brewers game? I mean, not in my, not where I was, right? But guess, guess I was with a bunch of Christian you know, folks, right? But guess what was happening around me at the Brewers game? Yeah, all that stuff right there. You went around drinking and partying and carrying on. There was a lot of carrying on going on at the game, right? I wasn't carrying on. Well, not much, but I, you know, but everybody else was doing a lot of carrying on. You, you get my drift, right? And you know what they thought? They thought that was normal. They thought that was normal. They thought that's what you're supposed to do at the Cubs game. That, that, that's your Brewers game. That's what you're supposed to do, right? They thought that's the way you go to the game. They didn't have any awareness of how you could live a better life and enjoy life even more without all that stuff and the carrying on. And they looked at everybody around thinking, what's wrong with those people who can't understand how to party at a game? You get my drift? See, the reality is, when you give into the Lordship of Christ, you don't live that way anymore. That, that's not where you are. Your life just moved up. You've been lifted up with a cross. You've got a different direction. You've got a different motivation. You've got different instructions. You've got a different call on your life. You don't live that way anymore. And people are going to look at you. And they're going to wonder what's wrong with them. And you just need to be ready. You, you should expect it. You should just be ready for that circumstance in your life. Why? Because that's what it means to follow Christ. Just be ready. Now, here's the key. Peter wants you to understand it means really getting ready. You've got to put in place in your life the things that you need to be ready to stand against those kinds of accusations against you in your life. You've got to have the strength. Young people, you listening? You've got to have the strength in your life already to keep going against the grain, to go the other way in that hallway, and to not go along with the crowd. You've got to put things in your life to get yourself ready to understand this is going to happen. Let, let me give you an illustration this way. It's uh, springtime in Wisconsin, hopefully, right? And if you live in, in this area, at least in, in uh, the neighborhood I lived, live in, that means that uh, when you're home, uh, especially when it's quiet all during the night, you're going to hear about every two to three minutes you're going to hear this sound coming from the basement that goes thunk. You know what that is? That's the check valve on my sump pump, okay? Because my sump pump runs every two to three minutes, and every time it turns off, it goes thunk, right? Now, I know I should expect that I live where I live, and my sump pump this time of year is going to run every two to three minutes, I should just expect that because that's where I live, right? Absolutely. And I know the possibility exists that I could lose power at my house because it's springtime and we get spring storms and all that stuff that happens and the power goes out, right? And so I should just be ready for that, don't you think? So I am, so I got a battery backup down on my sump pump. So if the power goes out, battery backup, right? A little pump's going to kick in, keep it going, right? I mean, I, don't you think I should expect that? Absolutely. But I know that that battery only lasts so long, right? And if I'm out of town and that battery only lasts so long, I only got so long, right? And even if I'm in town and, uh, you know, snuggled in my bed at night, I know the battery's going to last only so long. And so right next to that battery, I got a little generator, right? Just a little thing, 
right? It's only going to run that sump pump. That's it, right? Got me a little generator down there. Right, sits right next to it, right? So, you know, I should expect, don't you think, that the probability exists that the battery may run out and I may need to use the generator. Are you with me so far? I've got all that stuff ready to go because I should expect all that possibility to happen. Oh, and by the way, I should expect that eventually my sump pump is going to quit. And you know exactly when my sump pump is going to die, right? Right in the middle of the storm, right? When the crock is full to overflowing, that's when your sump pump dies. So guess what I got down in the basement? I got a brand new sump pump sitting right there ready to go, baby. It's not going to get me. And when all else fails, I got a bucket. Right? Now, what's the deal? Well, you see, I put it into place knowing and expecting that things are not always going to go the way I want them to go. I mean, I should just expect trouble is going to happen. And so I got things in place, ready to go. I'm already ready if that happens or if this happens or if that happens. I'm ready to go because I expect it. See, Peter's telling you today, if you're going to follow Christ and you're going to have that elevated life, you need to expect you're going to have some persecution in your life. Just expect it. But get ready. Put into place those things already in your life. Don't, don't wait until persecution comes, right? Don't, don't, don't wait until difficult days come to go ahead and get involved in a small group and surround yourself with Christians who can care for you. Care for you. Get, get ready. Do that now, right? Don't wait until difficult days come and, and then you open up your Bible and start reading it. No, start reading it now. You know, get into that word now. Start getting the strength that it brings you now so you're ready for those difficult days, right? Don't, don't wait just to, you know, come to worship every once in a while when it's convenient, but come to worship every Sunday. Why? Well, because you need to be in that experience of the grace and the goodness of God in your life at his table. Don't, don't wait. Be ready. You see the point? You see, if Peter's telling us this is the way life is for us who follow Christ, when we get elevated, we're also going to experience difficulty. And we know it. We should be ready for it. And we build into our lives, our spiritual lives, those strengths that we need to be able to endure and overcome what life's going to hold for us. Now, here's the deal. Once we do that, we're, we're getting ready, okay? We're getting ready. This elevated life of being ready is also going to lead us to other things. Peter says it's going to lead us, first of all, to start doing the most important things in our life. If you look at the next section, he says, be ready to love each other. And notice in verse 8, he says, most important of all. Are these important things? Most important. You like the most important things? You bet. You see, when, when difficult, dies, difficult times come, one of the gifts of it is it reminds us what's important. Amen? When things get tough, doesn't it shake you up a bit and remind you of what's important? Peter says, look, get ready, be ready, expect this stuff to happen, and do the most important things. Most important of all, most important of all, you must sincerely love each other because love wipes away many sins. We need to major on the majors, not the minors. We need to do the most important things and be ready and be conscious of seeking the most important things in our life. And his challenge to us today is, look, Christian, if you're ready... If you're living under the Lordship of Christ, are you doing the most important things? Is there somebody out there that you have refused to love? That you're still holding a grudge against? 
Is there somebody in your office? Is there somebody out there in your family that you haven't talked to for a long time? Why? Because they hurt you somehow, somewhere, sometime? And you're still carrying on with that? Peter says, wait a minute. Get, get, get to the most important stuff, right? Persecution's going to come in your life. You've got to follow Christ. So make sure you're majoring on the majors. Do the most important stuff. And one of the most important things for you to do is sincerely love. And what does love do? It wipes away. You see that? It wipes away many sins. You see, Peter's going to challenge you right here, right now, to commit yourself to a higher way of living that forgives the sins of others. And he's going to challenge you right now to a higher way of living that is able to receive the forgiveness that God brings to you right now at his table. That'll wipe away whatever burden you walked in the room with. Why? Because it's the most important thing. It's, it's the most important thing. You see, you've got to be ready for persecution to come. And if you're ready for persecution to come, you can't be holding on to a sack full of sin back here that you're feeling guilty about and oppressed about in your life. You can't hold on to a grudge. You can't hold on to, on to the anger, the hatred you've got towards somebody else, right? You, you can't deal with the persecution. You can't deal with the difficulty if you're holding on to all this stuff. Get to the most important stuff. Wipe that stuff away. Get rid of it. You don't, you don't need that in your life. Christ came to die so you could wipe that stuff out. Get to the most important things. Be ready for persecution. Be ready for difficult days. And one of the ways you get ready is by letting go of all of that stuff. Do the most important stuff. Live sincerely in loving others and be ready. Then he leads us to opening life up. He leads us to opening life up with the next section as he reminds us about God has prepared us for these difficult days and he has actually put into us not only the ability to deal with those difficult days, but to overcome them in our actions by doing good things. Here's the way he says of it. Each of you has been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service of others. Notice those first few words there. He says, each of us. How many does that include in the room? Yeah, that would be each of us, right? Each of us. Look at your neighbor and say, you got gifts. Huh? You got gifts. Absolutely. You got gifts. Why? Not because you think so, but because God decided before the foundation of the world, when you were being formed and fashioned in his love, in his mind's eye, and in his mission, he said, ooh, I know the gift. I know the gift. Yeah, I know the gift. He needs or she needs. He picked out a gift for you. And he has infused that gift into you through the power of his Holy Spirit when you came under his lordship. You got gifts. Peter says, look, be ready for the difficulty. Why? Well, start loving each other and start using your gifts. Start loving each other and use your gift. Do the most important stuff. Use your gift. And look, he says, use your gift well. Employ that gift. Get busy about the gift. Overcome the difficult day because you are so busy living to the honor and the glory of God and using your gift. You don't have time for difficult days. You only have time to serve and do the most important things. He says, if you have the gift of speaking, preach the God's message. If, if you have the gift of helping others, well, get busy. Do it with the strength that God supplies. And everything should be done in a way that brings honor to God because Jesus Christ, who is glorious and powerful, what are we supposed to do? Our life gets elevated because our life is about living to the honor and the glory of God. 
That's what life's about. Living to the honor and the glory of God. See, you can get through difficult days when you're not carrying this baggage of the past. You can get through difficult days when you're focused on using your gifts to elevate not just your life, but elevate the lordship of Christ in your life. Difficult days can be overcome by employing those gifts. Now he reminds us, as we're doing this, as we're doing this, we, we can't forget, and we shouldn't be surprised, it's also going to lead to challenges. Here's what he says in the next section. Dear friends, don't be surprised or shocked that you're going through testing like is like walking through fire. What did he say? Don't be surprised. It shouldn't shock you. Why? When you start wiping away old things and sin in your life and the lives of others, when you start employing your gifts to live to the glory of God, when you start walking in an elevated life that's going against the grain of the rest of the world, you're going to start impacting people around you for the kingdom of heaven. And the evil one doesn't like that. The evil one doesn't like it when you're effective and doing the most important things to live for the honor and glory of God. And so the evil one is going to ramp up the pressure and try to get you to be ineffective. Don't be surprised. Why? Well, because you're extending the kingdom of heaven. You're changing people's lives. You're living to the honor and glory of God. Don't be surprised when things get challenging and difficult. It shouldn't surprise us. It shouldn't shock us. Why? Because the evil one wants to make us ineffective. Don't be surprised. In fact, he can say, be glad. Be glad for the chance to suffer as Christ suffered. There's good stuff that can come out of it. It'll prepare you for even greater happiness when he makes his glorious return. He even goes further in the next section. Look at the next one. Count it as a blessing when you suffer for being a Christian. This shows that God's glorious spirit is with you. Isn't that great? He's saying, look, receive it as a compliment almost. Saying, look, you must be effective for the kingdom or, or suffering wouldn't come on you like this. You see, the other question really is, are you doing enough for the kingdom in your life? Are you living elevated enough in the kingdom if some suffering hasn't come into your life? We should expect it. And when it comes, we should say, amen, I must be doing something good for God. He even gives you a list. He says, but you deserved us to suffer if you're a murderer, a thief, a crook, or a busybody. Notice that, all you busybodies out there. Um, don't be ashamed to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God that you belong to him. How awesome is that? He's saying, look, when days get difficult, praise God because it got difficult. You must be doing something right, Christian. You, you must be effective in the kingdom. We can even welcome the difficulty as an affirmation that the evil one is scared to death of us and the way our life is. So we just need to be ready and understand it's going to come and it's proof that we're being effective in the kingdom. Count it as a blessing. And then he ends up, and we'll end up the series with this, he ends up giving us kind of a final statement, a final statement of reminder. And this reminder is really all we need. It's all we need to deal with the difficulties that are going to come our way. He, he says it this way. If you suffer for obeying God, you must have complete faith in your faithful creator and keep on doing right. 
You must have complete faith in your faithful creator. Isn't, isn't that an interesting term he chose right there? I mean, talking about God? Isn't it interesting that he, he, he referred to God there as creator? What is he trying to tell us by saying, well, your faithful creator. You see, the reality is if, if you get up early enough in the morning and you see the sunrise, the God who created that sunrise is able to create something new in your life no matter what's going on. If God is capable of creating that sunrise, if God is capable of sustaining the universe for another day, if God is capable of creating a new flower somewhere on this planet, if God is capable of creating spring in Wisconsin, God is absolutely capable of creating a new life for you tomorrow. You get it? You see, there is no difficult day. There is no difficult day that God can't use as the seed to create what he wants to bring in your life for the next day, for the next month, for the next year. Easy? Listen, Peter is not giving us an easy out here. He's, he's not saying to us, hey, difficult days, don't worry, it's a, it's a breeze. No, it's difficult. Come on, it's difficult. But he's reminding us in the end, all we need is that complete, simple faith that God can create more and that God wants more in our life and he is doing everything even in the most difficult of days to create a new beginning it's that simple and that all we do is live under that incredible lordship of Jesus and just stay faithful on that narrow path take the hits take the bruises live in love surround ourselves and be ready and keep living that elevated life that always believes God's got something more, that always believes the creator of the universe is creating something more in each of our lives. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being that kind of God, for being that kind of Father to each one of us, that you are willing to not just sustain a universe and create a new sunrise, but you're willing to enter into the most difficult of experiences with us. And you promise that you'll create something new. Father, we ask today, keep us on that narrow path. Keep us on that elevated life. Keep us strong and ready so that we don't give in to the, to the other ways of the world and, and to the other paths that our people are following. Give us strength to overcome the accusations and the hurts. Just keep us in your grace and your love. And we ask today, help us to let go of all the burden. Help us to let go and wipe away all the sin so that we can take hold of that new creation you can only bring. Father, keep us moving forward in that elevated life, empowered with these gifts to extend the kingdom of heaven. We ask it so humbly in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand.